Hey guys, it's Haley. Welcome back to Kindle. This is episode 126, and today I'm chatting with Glenna Marshall on the topic of everyday faithfulness. You may remember that today is the final episode in the family series that we have been walking through the last five or so weeks. And the next series that we will be jumping into is Christianity and Culture, which I'm so excited about. And that is going to carry us through the end of the year. Now, I just want to remind you that I am accepting sponsorships for that series. If you have a small business or a service that you would like to see about getting on Kindled and sponsoring an episode or two or four, whatever, come find me on Instagram at HaleyWilliams.Kindled, or you can email me at Haley at KindledPodcast.com, H-A-L-E-Y at KindledPodcast.com. I do want to remind you before this episode starts that Kindled now has a Patreon community. I'm super excited for this, and if you have not heard, I am now producing an additional series of episodes called Firestarters that air every Wednesday, and they are a little bit shorter than my regular episodes. They're a little bit more of a personal raw look at a topic, and it is just me and the microphone, no guests, no interview questions, just my take on a cultural or a faith or a theological or even a political topic. So these are basically a little bit more refined and produced than like my Instagram rants that many of you know that I enjoy doing and did a lot this summer. And I'm going to keep doing it, except in the form of a podcast episode, and it's called Firestarters, and you can get in on those for $10 a month, help support this ministry and support what I'm doing here at Kindled, as well as get that additional bonus content that is exclusive for Patreon subscribers. So you can learn more at patreon.com slash Kindled podcast. Wednesday's episode will be the final one that is available to everyone. And then starting in the month of September, the next Firestarters will only be available to anyone who has signed up for Patreon. So learn more at patreon.com slash kindled podcast, and I would love to have you join us. Okay, here is my conversation with Glenna Marshall. Glenna, thanks for talking with me today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So I would love for you to introduce yourself to listeners and tell us who you are and a little bit about your family. Yeah, so I am a pastor's wife, actually. My husband, William, and I are both from Tennessee. We moved to a rural area in Southeast Missouri about 15 years ago. And my husband is pastor. So we have been serving in the local church for the past 15 years. And we have two boys, 11 and four, and they both came to us through adoption. We have kind of a long history with infertility, which I'm sure we'll get into. But yeah, we have just really enjoyed serving here in the local church. We love our church. We actually just went through a church merge where we merged our congregation with another congregation in our little town here to form a racially diverse gospel-centered church, which has been really exciting and fun to watch and fun to be a part of. So yeah, I write as much as I can in the meantime, which right now feels like not that much time with my kids home. But yeah, I'm just grateful for what the Lord's done in our life here in Missouri where we're serving. Yeah, that's really cool. So I would love to know kind of a little bit more about your story for those who don't already know about your history and specifically around the topic with God's presence. And this is what you wrote your most recent book. So uh, yeah, I mean, this has obviously been the thing that you have been talking and thinking about for Mm. years now, but where does your story begin with the presence of God and pursuing and discovering his presence? 
Yeah, I think that it probably began with suffering, which is maybe a weird thing to say, but I grew up and had kind of a golden childhood. I grew up in the church, had Christian parents, Christian grandparents, was really taught to love Jesus at an early age. And somehow I got from this wonderful, beautiful childhood and growing up years that if I was obedient to the Lord, then everything in my life would go well for me, which is kind of a backwards, like prosperity gospel sneaking in the back door a little bit. Like Mm -hmm. if I do this, then God will perform for me like this. And my, I met my husband in college. We got married after I graduated and he was already serving in church ministry. And we just had this great life plan and loved where we were living, loved where we were serving at the time and decided pretty early in our marriage to grow our family as people do. Mm-hmm. And a year later, I walked into a doctor's office after a bunch of testing and a year of no success. And I had a doctor look me in the eye and say, it is unlikely that you will ever have a child. And I was 24 years old and my husband and I had actually just accepted a position for him to be a full-time pastor in Missouri. So we were living in Tennessee at the time. And so a week after this doctor told me this, we packed up and moved and I became the pastor's wife in a place where I didn't know anyone and Mm -hmm. was desperately brokenhearted, desperately lonely. I didn't really want to be a pastor's wife necessarily. And I just, I walked into this position with a very broken heart. And it was in that time of my life where I really began to question what I had been taught about God and his character. Because up until that point, anything that I had really wanted, the -hmm. Lord had supplied. And so here I was, All I wanted was to be a mom, and this was a good desire. This was not an evil or wicked desire. It really wasn't even a selfish desire at the time. I wanted what was very natural for most women to desire. And so I prayed and prayed and prayed and struggled for years with a lot of bitterness. I believed that God could give me a child, and I didn't understand why he wouldn't. Mm -hmm. And so I had to really wrestle with what God's goodness looked like, what... Because I sort of thought if he is good, then he would give me what I am asking for. If he's not going to give this to me, he must not be good. And that must mean that he doesn't love me very much. So I really questioned what his love was. And so I probably wrestled with this for a good five years, really struggled with bitterness. And the Lord took me to his word and it was like I had a real come to Jesus meeting over a long period of time where the Lord was like, look, you want to know what my love for you looks like? I have already told you, just come and, and take up and read and learn. And so I began coming through the scriptures, really looking for some kind of promise that this infertility thing was going to end. Cause I knew there were people in the Bible who had struggled with it and mm-hmm. I knew that their prayers had been answered. So I thought, well, maybe this is sort of a prescription, you know, like I can mm-hmm. figure out how to twist this and, and get what I want. And that is just not what I found. And I read through the story of scripture and realized that God doesn't always express his love for his people by giving them what they want. He expresses his love 
to his people by being with them. And I saw it from the first pages of Genesis all the way to Revelation. And over and over throughout the story of God's people, you have him telling them, I will be your God and you will be my people and I will dwell with you. And you see the ways that he did this in the Old Testament, like through the tabernacle and the temple. And then you have it in the coming of Christ and him walking the earth, being one of his people. And then you have, after his death, resurrection and ascension, you have the gift of the Holy Spirit to all believers. And so we actually have the presence of God with us at all times if we are in Christ. And Mm so the promise of heaven also is that we will dwell with God forever. And so as I studied and worked through that truth, it became a comfort to me that if my situation never changed, if the Lord didn't give me children he would still be good and he would still be loving me faithfully because he was with me and he had not abandoned me. And he was actually teaching me to come to him for what my heart longed for. Mm. And over the years that to different things, um, we eventually did adopt our oldest son who was great, a great joy. It brought so much joy to our lives. And we decided to adopt again and got into a very long, complicated adoption process for our second son. Because of the stress of that adoption, struggling, I began struggling with a chronic autoimmune disease. I didn't know it at the time that that's what it was, but I was sick for about six years, just wow. about crippled by pain. And we were also going through a really tough, long spell of difficult church ministry and all of that, it, it just felt like too much at times. And the Lord would just keep pulling me back to the scriptures and, and really asking me, am I enough for you? Mm-hmm. You know, if your situation doesn't change, am I enough for you? Is, is the truth that I am always with you, that I will never leave you or forsake you? Is that enough for you? And I just had to come to a point where every day I would get up, open my Bible and look at what God said. And I'd have to come to the conclusion he is. He is enough. And so I find that now I I look through all of life through that lens. It helps me explain suffering. It helps me endure suffering. It helps me in parenting. It helps me really in all areas of life um, where things are hard, knowing that the Lord has promised to be with me and he will always keep that promise. It really is a comfort. Your story is so relatable and so familiar to many of us even if not the the exact circumstances are the same, just that also a lot of us who grew up in Christian households and kind of had that golden childhood experience and sort of felt like life would kind of always be easy and good for us and God was good. And, you know, and we didn't really have any reason to question that when we actually encountered true suffering in our lives, like your faith really comes to the forefront and you ask yourself, does my faith actually matter when it counts? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, do I have true faith or did I just love a God that made my life easy? You know, Mm -hmm. and that is such a familiar feeling to me of like, what was I? I mean, I know all the Bible verses. I've heard all of the things. I know I could answer any of the questions for you with the right answer. But when it actually is my life and my, you know, my experience and, or my family that's falling apart. And in my case, my parents got divorced when I had been married for one year after 20, they they had been married for 25 years. You know, when, when that starts, man, like when the fabric of what I thought my entire existence was kind of based on starts like showing holes and things start falling through. It's like, who do I know and trust God to be then? And Yes. Can I actually still say like honestly that I have faith in him the way that I did before? And I I mean I think that that is 
how he, you know, suffering is how he actually shows us that he loves us because Mm -hmm. before the suffering, it's like, I don't know that it it just hadn't been tested. It hadn't been put through the fire. It hadn't been refined, you know? And so all of those things have to happen in suffering. And, and I don't think it's so much that, oh, you find out what you're made of, but you actually find out what God is made of, you know? Yeah. I love that. And so it's not so much like, well, you know, do you have what it takes? But it's like, no, actually, yeah. I found out that I didn't have what it took, and but I saw that God did. Yeah, and maybe that was the point of yeah. it. Because if you go through life and you can say that God is good and everything has gone well for you, then what you're really staking your affection on is good circumstances. Mm -hmm. And so those things can turn on a dime, you know, the things that we really treasure in this world, good things, you know, family, children, Mm -hmm. careers, roles that we have, whatever, you know, success, accomplishments, it may not even be bad things, but those things can be found and lost in a moment. And Mm so if our a hold on the Lord's character is hinging upon those circumstances, then gosh, we can lose them in just a second. And then we realize that our faith wasn't really in God's faithfulness. It was in our good circumstances. And so I yeah. actually think that and it's such a backwards way of thinking. I mean, all of really Christianity is backwards compared to the world, but it's how you can say with the psalmist in Psalm 119, it is good for me that I was afflicted so that I could learn your statutes. Yeah. It's like it's good that I walked through the suffering because otherwise my faith would have been immature and untested. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't have had to really lean on the faithfulness of God on my good circumstances. And so in that regard, I can just say, Lord, I mean, I don't want to repeat it, but I'm thankful that you brought me through it. Yeah, absolutely. This is just kind of a side, but I got a tattoo a couple years ago and the it's on my wrist because I wanted to be reminded of this, but it says your gold to refine. And it's from mm-hmm. that hymn, How Firm a Foundation, where when through fiery trials thy pathway shall lie, my grace all sufficient shall be thy supply. The flame shall not hurt thee, I only design mm-hmm. thy dross to consume and thy gold, to, gold refine. to refine. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I just I wanted to remember that because I do feel like my love, my patience, my trust, my faith in God, all of those things are so often such fickle, you know, fickle lovers and fickle realities for me because I I am looking for what I think is what God has promised me, you know, a good life, blessings, abundance, whatever it is, you know, I mean, the most, one of the most misinterpreted, mis, misused verses, Psalm 37, four, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture, delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Like how many of us have heard oh, that? Oh man, verse? that was my life verse in middle school. <laughs> right. Like, and it's, it is, is totally the verse that you learn as a kid yeah. to, you know, and, and I mean, I understand like as an adult with young children, trying to teach them to like, love God and, and love the Lord and he will give you good things. And, and, you know, that's, you're, you're saying that to encourage obedience and, you know, and to teach them what to long for. But I think we can so easily really get ourselves into a position where we have come to, you know, maybe accidentally believe in a bit of a prosperity gospel that if we, Mm -hmm. if we love Jesus, he's going to give us good things and good things are coming your way. They're coming your way. You just hang on. You you know, if it's, if it's dark, the light's coming, you just, you just hold on. And 
it's like, uh, I mean, yes and no, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, ultimately good things are coming to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. But like, that is the eternal, Mm. that is the eternal reality in this world. We are not promised to have a a life free of suffering. You know, that's actually, we we are promised that we will suffer. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. I missed all those verses growing up somehow. And so now, you know, you, come through your New Testament. And I mean, Jesus promises it. Paul promises it. James, John, Peter, they all say, look, you are going to suffer. Don't be surprised by it. In first Peter one, I mean, Peter's like, there are just some things that in order for you to learn and for your faith to be refined, you will walk through suffering. It must happen. And, and I think too, back to like Psalm 37, four, we look at that desires of your heart. Like, I just think that maybe, the more we delight in the Lord, the more he tells us what our desires will be and they will be his desires. It's like moving from your fleshly desires to the desires for, for his kingdom. And I think too, that we sort of, especially in 21st century American Christianity, we feel like blessing and suffering are mutually exclusive terms. But when you look at the book of James, like blessing and suffering are two sides of the same coin, essentially. And so we may be promised suffering, but we are actually being blessed by the Lord because God uses it to make us like Jesus. And so, gosh, if I could have just learned that a long time ago, <laughs> yes. to save myself some bitterness, I think. Yeah, totally. And it makes me wonder how I can do that for my kids, you know, and how can I, you know, not paint this picture that is actually not reality and not true and not helpful for them in the long run. Mm-hmm. And like, I want to inspire them and I want to, you know, I wish I could just motivate them to love God, you know, but I can't. It's like, I'm trying to be this motivational speaker in the same way and be like, just, you know, if you love God and obey him, like he will give you good things. (laughs) That's, Mm. it might get you some behavior modification, but Mm. it doesn't get you a changed heart. It doesn't get you a transformed heart. Yeah. I think we could almost go the direction of, you know, when we obey the Lord, he satisfies our hearts. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not a physical, tangible reward necessarily because we can't really promise them that this side of heaven but because his presence is enough for us he he does satisfy our hearts you know like the hungry with rich food and so yeah and I think too you know when you're facing difficulties as a parent your kids are watching how you handle it and they're watching whether or not you run harder towards Jesus when life is hard or whether you lean away from him. And I think in that regard, they will learn uh, what it is to turn to him in obedience, really, no matter what's going on in life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, there's this other side of that verse where it does make us ask the question, well, what do I desire? What am I desiring? You Mm -hmm. know, and because if you're desiring bad things. If you're desiring things that God explicitly calls sinful, like, you know, you're envying Mm -hmm. after someone's wealth or lusting after someone else's wife or husband. Mm -hmm. Like, well, of course Mm -hmm. we we know God's not going to give you that, but the reality is here that I think what it's inviting us to is to desire after that, which is good. And he will give it to Mm -hmm. us, which is like, that's him. Like if we Mm -hmm. desire him, if we desire to have an intimate full life with him that he will give us that it doesn't look like the pain-free suffering-free life often almost ever you know I mean I think 
almost everyone in the world who is a believer, who is a Christian would say, yeah, I've actually experienced a lot of suffering and here's how it's looked for me. And it's, everyone's story is different, of course, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I just think there's a question there of like, am I actually longing for the things of this world or am I, am I longing for, to know and love him and to be, be known and loved by him. And then Mm -hmm. if I'm longing for the right things, he will give me those things because Mm -hmm. he's promised and I can trust that. Yeah. I think it matters so much the way that we define good things and good desires. You know, I think, uh, it, I mean, so important to, you can really go the prosperity gospel direction with that, with those verses. But when you look at like what our hearts long for the most and what good thing we need the most, it is Christ. It will always be him. It will always be him. And the good thing and the wonderful thing is that he has given us himself I mean, more than enough. It's like that weird paradox where he satisfies and yet draws us back to hunger for him more and more. It's like a a food that satisfies, but you just can't get enough of. Yes, absolutely. Totally love that. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this conversation. I want to let you know who is making it possible. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Chiobit. Last week, I shared in my first Firestarters episode about how uncertain my uh, daughter's, you know, start to the school year has been just with wearing masks and all the craziness that, you know, all of us are experiencing. In spite of all that uncertainty, I know one thing for sure. We all want to keep our kids safe. Geobit is the smallest, long-lasting, kid-proof, and school-friendly location tracker. You can actually create geofenced, trusted places, get notifications of your child's whereabouts, and get alerts when they wander too far, all in real time. Geobit brings you all the advanced tracking technology of a cell phone inside a durable device smaller than a cookie. We all want to be worrying about one less thing, and Geobit makes it easy to know where your kids are at all times. And frankly, with multiple kids, that is no small feat. Use the code TRACK2SCHOOL to get $15 off your tracker. All you need to do is text TRACKER, T-R-A-C-K-E-R, to 474747 and get the link. That's TRACK2SCHOOL, in one word, for $15 off. Simply text TRACKER to 474747. So I feel like suffering is is kind of a magnifying glass. It mm. actually, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily, I don't know if you would agree with this, but it doesn't necessarily like create new things in you, but it actually just brings out what's already there. Oh, that's so true. No, I totally agree with that. I remember when my husband was first, I think it was his like pastoral ordination service. We'd been at our church for two years in Tennessee and we were leaving for him to become a full-time pastor at our new church. And our current pastor at the time was like giving a charge to him. And he had just said to us, and I'll never forget it. He said, you know, from this moment forward as people in ministry, you will suffer in a fishbowl, you will suffer Mm -hmm. in front of people and how do you suffer in the way that you suffer will be magnified for people to see what's in your heart. Mm -hmm. And I really do think that's true. I, I didn't know back then that I had a struggle with idolatry. I didn't know that I was selfish. I didn't know that I had anger problems. Mm -hmm. All of those things just came to the surface when I, you know, kind of had a head-on collision with deferred hopes and longing and then physical suffering. It was already there in me, but the Lord 
use that suffering to bring it to the surface, he's still doing it still. I mean, he's using, I mean, as we record this, we're all stuck at home during, um, the quarantine. And I feel like my sin just rises to the surface so quickly and I'm forced to reckon with it. But there is a gift in that, like a gift of grace that the Lord brings those things to the surface, whether it's through suffering or discipling, whatever it is that he uses. It's a gift that he does that because he is like sanding down those rough edges of our faith and our sin and then, you know, molding us to look more like Jesus. Yeah, he really is. And that's like, there isn't really, I don't know that there's a way around that. Like how else would, you know what I mean? Like there is, there is no other way Mm -mm. to actually undergo that refining process, the fire. I mean, how else it's like, if you look at the example there of like precious metals that are refined, like Mm -hmm. how else do they get refined there? I mean, a diamond is made in the most highly pressurized environment deep underground where nothing, no Mm. light can see it. No one can view it and behold its beauty and marvel at how amazing it is and pay a a high price for its, you know, its desirability. Like it is literally invisible and experiencing like what we would, you know, for us, what we would experience as suffering and pain and pressure and Mm -hmm. difficulty, you know? And Mm so, I mean, not to over-spiritualize it, but I just, I don't know that there's another way through that. And I think that's good. I think that's really good news for us because a lot of us are, I mean, even if if you don't have a specific um, hard thing you're walking through right now, and maybe you feel like, I don't know that I am walking through like a really hard season. It's just that like life is long. The days Mm -hmm. are long, like the Mm -hmm. mundaneness of motherhood often. Mm -hmm. And that can feel taxing just to Mm -hmm. wake up every day. And, and I have a a neighbor that described it as groundhog day. She was like, (laughs) we are literally living groundhog day. I wake up and I'm like, what day is it? It's the same day as yesterday. It doesn't matter what day it is. It's the same day you just had. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's funny and you can laugh, but at the same time, uh, isolation and in the loneliness, you can just really also feel despairing about Mm -hmm. like, you know, God, I know that I have so many blessings that I'm staring at my kids or my house or this life that you've given me. And I'm not ungrateful, but it is just so hard. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. you you want to feel like there's I don't know, something more, something bigger, something beyond. And that what's the next event? You know, is there anything? Yeah. And I think yeah. that that's where this becomes really good news for us. Yeah, I think so. And, I, you know, we can, like, I can step back and look at the last, like, 15, 20 years of my life. And yes, there were some long seasons of suffering, and they were just pivotal for my relationship with Christ. But there were a lot of just regular, ordinary days in between, you know, just lots of plodding, regular, mundane life. And that's, you know, right now it's feeling even more mundane, kind of living what feels like the same reality every single day. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's when perseverance is necessary too. like that plodding forward. It may not feel like suffering, but the Lord is still using our circumstances to refine us, even if it feels like just sameness and it feels like it's, yeah whatever, making us feel like, if I don't leave this house, I'm going to absolutely lose my mind. Right. You know, those are still things that God uses. Maybe not like the description of suffering that we ordinarily give. Um, I think it was in Elizabeth Elliott's book that was recently published posthumously, Suffering is Never for Nothing, I think is the title. She just kind of breaks down 
suffering and is like, you know, it's wanting what you cannot have and not wanting what you do have Mm -hmm. like really simple. And, you know, I can look right now and say, I don't really love my current situation. I think a lot of people would agree right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think we, in that regard, we can say, well, the Lord won't waste it. He's going to use it to make me more like Jesus. And yeah, you're right. That is good news for us. Yeah, man. It's just like, it's so encouraging. I mean, I, I know yeah. that there's so many women listening who are like that. I know that's true and praise God that it is true. How did you actually, like, how did you, I hate the word manifest. That's not the word I'm looking for, but like, how did you live that out in that season or in those seasons of either the the dark, really scary season or just the regular difficulties of life seasons? Mm-hmm. How, like, how did you pursue the presence of God and actually, you know, experience that for in your own heart and in your own soul and not just in your mind? Yeah. I think in years past, I thought there was some kind of like a formula that we follow and we'll really feel the presence of God. But here's the thing. He has promised to be with us and he keeps his promises, whether or not we feel it, you know, and if you are in Christ, you have the Holy spirit living in you at all times. So you always have the presence of God with you. Now, sometimes we are, I think, more aware, you know, like you have a moment where you're reading or singing or praying, you just really are just more aware that he's with you. And I think that, I think that's real and true, but I think the way that we really engage with the presence of God is by listening to his voice. And the way that we do that is by cracking open the Bible on the coffee table. I mean, it's just as simple, but also as vital as that just day after day. And really that is what, that, that is how he worked out in me, this awareness of his presence, this being comforted by his presence was during the seasons of suffering, just picking up my Bible every day and just saying, Lord, who are you? Because Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I know right now. Because if I look at my circumstances, I feel like you don't love me. I feel like you don't even like me, you know? And so going to the Bible and saying, nope, he has said that he is faithful. He is true. He is kind. He is the very definition of love. He loved me while I was his enemy. When Mm -hmm. I hated him, he sent his son to die for me. Like that is love. So it's, opening your Bible and combating what you feel to be true. If you look just at what's happening to you and pitting that against what God actually says is true about himself. And I think that daily practice just, I mean, I don't want to be like legalistic about it, but I just need Jesus every single day. I just do. And so opening my Bible every day and saying, who are you Lord? And just even asking that simple question, who are you? And then write down what you read in the answer to that question over time, the cumulative effect of looking at God's character and just answering that question. I did that practice with a stack of spiral notebooks over the course of two years, and it changed everything that I believed about God. Mm. And, and it helped me to understand that he loves me by being with me. That is how he communicates faithful, steadfast love. He will not abandon me. So if I'm walking through suffering, he's going to use it to make me more like Jesus. And he's also going to use it to help me lean harder on him to, to find comfort in his presence rather than in a changed circumstance. Yes. That's so good. I love that example or that suggestion of asking, who are you, you Mm -hmm. know, at reading, reading whatever passage or chapter yeah. you're in and asking mm-hmm. who who is God. And that's, yeah. I mean, studying him, because I think that is my tendency is to read the Bible to, to learn about myself or to, yes. I, I'm yes. looking to answer to my situation or my mm-hmm. question instead of looking at God and beholding him. And that is, you know, this is the meta narrative of, of scripture is actually about 
Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit. It's about the Trinity. It's about what he's done. It's about the gospel. It's not about me. Mm -hmm. And of course it does affect me and it does impact my life. And my story is woven into that bigger Mm -hmm. one, Mm -hmm. but yeah. I shouldn't approach it looking for, you know, the answer to my question necessarily in the same way. And and I think I will just say, you know, I am one that struggles to open my Bible physically on a daily basis. I, mm-hmm. I really do. I feel like it is a submission. I mean, of course it is, but it's my will is daily coming up against the, mm. the need that I, God has placed in me for himself of, mm-hmm. well, I can be self-sufficient or, oh, well, if I just get a little bit, bit more done today, I'll feel better, you know, kind yeah. of placing my agenda above what God has said is good for me. And so what I have found is what that looks like is I really, when I have a few spare minutes to either fill my mind or heart with truth. I turn to, for example, like a, a political commentary podcast because I want to hear what's new. And so I'll listen mm-hmm. to some commentator explain the news and tell me what what's going on just so I can feel more abreast and feel more like a human or an adult, you know, in the mm-hmm. midst of like mm-hmm. my day with little kids. And that's my tendency. And I don't like that about myself. I don't mm-hmm. like that that's where I turn. So when I when I feel that like that urge to grab my phone and turn on a podcast. I have been turning on my Bible app. I'm on the daily reading plan and just listening through Mm, the scripture. mm -hmm, Like if mm -hmm. I feel like I want to fill my, I want to fill this space with something. I'm filling it with that. Not every time, but like more, more times than not. Yeah. And the crazy thing that I am noticing is happening is even when I just do that, like the Holy Spirit is actually making connections for me in regards to who God is showing me who he is because of what I read or listened to. So for example, like I was in Joshua, I was listening in Joshua and, you know, Moses has died and he's passed. Basically Joshua is taking over the leadership and God is talking to him and going to lead the children of Israel around Jericho and they're going to march and he's bringing them into the promised land. And so that story is kind of in my mind. And then we open up the children's storybook Bible to read and my girl's turn to that page, the story of marching Mm. around Jericho. And I'm like, Oh, funny. I was just (laughs) listening to this today. Okay. Yeah. Let's read this. And I'm, I'm literally reading the children's storybook Bible version and it's like coming alive for me. And Mm. I'm like tearing up because I am realizing like the Holy spirit is giving me more of himself, more of God through even just the meager crumbs of my submission. You know what I mean? Like even when I'm not doing the best job. I'm not performing as a Christian or I'm not having a two hour long inductive Bible study every morning. (laughs) He's actually making, he's coming to me. Like he's, and I'm not encouraging you not to, not to see God. I'm just saying like, he is pursuing me too. And he's actually showing me his faithfulness through the story of Jericho and the children of like the, his people marching for seven days. And the questions were for kids. Actually, it wasn't the the Jesus book Bible. It was Laugh and Learn Bible where they have questions at the end. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions was like, how does God's past faithfulness with Israel give them confidence in what he will do for them in the future and how he will be with them in the future? Oh, I love five, that question. <laughs> my five and a half year old answered it as well as I could have. And she oh. like, well, because, you know, and she totally gave this answer that I was like, yeah, you're exactly right. Like that is it. And it just... It gave me chills because I was like, thank you, God. Like, thank you that you are showing me that like, it's not about me. It's not about my faithfulness. It's about yours. Mm. And it's just been, I don't know. I, I want to share that because I don't want, I feel like a lot of times on podcasts, like people listen, 
they get this idea that the host and the guests are just like perfect Christians <laughs> who are having this beautiful Bible study every morning. And that's not the case. And it doesn't mean you shouldn't be reading every day. And I, I believe you mm-hmm. should. And I believe that it, it's how God actually shows himself to us. Mm-hmm. But even where we fall short, he continues to be faithful. Oh, absolutely. And I, I mean, just let's be transparent. I sat with my coffee cup in my hand this morning with my Bible on my lap and stared at the wall for 20 minutes. (laughs) You know, sometimes it just is that way, you know, we're weak and the Lord knows that we're weak and he is kind and gracious. And I think that a lot of times we underestimate the power of the scriptures because it's not just a novel on your shelf, you know, like this Mm -hmm. is the very word of God and it is our very life and it is strong and powerful. And so, and, and his word won't return void. He promises that. So I think that when we are obedient in whatever ways that, you know, that looks like in your life, he is going to use his word to change you. That's just yeah. what he does. And so whether it's in little bits of stories here and there or listening, I mean, you're soaking in so much. Mm-hmm. And so I just think that when we are obedient to saturate our lives with his word, we will start to see the effects of it because this is how God chose to reveal himself to us. And it's such a gift. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to look different at different seasons of life, especially when you have young kids at home. You know, my study time now does not look like what it did when I had a newborn, just, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think that generally turning our hearts to the scripture in some form or fashion regularly is going to just be so good. Just the nourishment our souls need. Yeah. Yeah. And realizing, I think in those seasons where you can't have, you know, the one or two hour long Mm -hmm. quiet time in a chair with coffee, staring out a beautiful window scene, you know, Mm -hmm. like in those seasons, that's actually when God shows you that everywhere you are and you are turning your heart to him can be holy ground. That's right. And that every pursuit can be, you know, intertwined with asking him to give you more of him, you know, Mm -hmm. help you to be with you, to strengthen you, to refresh you and renew you where you need it. And I think that, yeah, like you said, like it doesn't return void. And I, I, those Mm -hmm. seasons are just as sweet in other ways Mm -hmm. because you, you feel the presence of God in the most normal of places, you know, at your kitchen sink or Mm -hmm. in the bath or Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. Yeah, we don't have to relegate our time with the Lord to the chair in the corner with the co- you know with yeah. the coffee. Like that's that's, that's what nice. I want, but and that's you know <laughs> hopefully my I have a regular place. I mean that's my reality right now. It hasn't always been though. But like, yeah, I think we need to see that. I mean, some of my best prayer time has been standing at the kitchen sink, yeah. washing dishes. You know, the Lord meets us where we are He it, because he's always with us. I mean, that really is the yeah. gift is that, you know, like the psalmist says in Psalm 139, where can I go from your presence? I mean, I could go here. I could go there. I could go there. You're always there. And yeah. that is such a comfort. And here we are, we've come full circle and we're back to your book, oh, yeah. <laughs> Promises His Presence. That always happens. I love that. I feel like we always make it full circle to like the, where we began. So closing out this conversation, we've talked about what we can't expect of God is a suffering free or pain-free life. What, what he has not promised is that we will never experience difficulty and that we will never um, struggle in this life. So what can we trust him for? Yeah, we can trust him to always be near when we can't feel it, when we feel like we're really far, like maybe because we've sinned too much today, or Mm -hmm. we just can't get our brains to connect with truth or whatever the situation may be. Maybe we're just so worn out and running ragged. 
we might not feel that he is near, but that's when we go to the promise that he never breaks his promises. He is always the same. I was reading in Hebrews one this morning where the author of Hebrews is talking about Jesus. Like he said, he compares him to all of creation. Creation is going to wear out like a piece of clothing, but you are unchanged. You remain the same. You will last forever. And so whatever season of life we're in, however we feel coming to the Lord, mm-hmm. he promises to be with us and he doesn't change. His sameness should be a comfort to us. And I find that especially true right now when the world is just a little on edge mm-hmm. and nobody's I think if we've learned anything from the pandemic of the spring, no one's in control of anything and no one really knows how to respond or how to feel. And so as believers in Jesus, we can really sink down our comfort in the fact that the Lord is unchanged and always with us. Yeah, man, that's so good. Are there any scriptures that you continually turn to around just kind of to encourage your heart and be reminded of these truths? Uh, yeah. Well, right now I am studying Hebrews and I find so much just rich truth there about who Jesus is. And so I just strongly encourage that. And then I can never escape the Psalms. Yeah. Some of those years where I was really struggling with what I believed about God, I went to the Psalms and spent a long time there asking that question. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Mm -hmm. And so Psalm 139 is also a really good one. I've already mentioned that, but um, you can honestly just start at the beginning. And, and work your way through asking that question, who are you? And the Lord's going to answer just way more than you can even write down. This is who I am. And the Psalms are so good for just helping us grapple with God's character, especially in light of suffering. So I love that. And then I really spent some time in the book of Isaiah during mm-hmm. my really tough years asking the Lord, who are you? There's those chapters. Once you get to like chapter 40, and move on through the fifties, you get these big, huge explanations of who God is and how he created everything and holds everything in his hand. And I really love that really magnifies who he is. So I take a lot of comfort in those passages. Mm, Yeah. Those are all great suggestions of places to start. If someone is wanting to dwell on that and see God in the scripture, I mean, you, you see him everywhere, but yeah. Those maybe are some explicit passages where you Yeah, can... you won't have to work so hard to answer that question in those passages. Right. right. So, Glenna, thank you so much. And your book, Everyday Faithfulness, has just recently launched, right? So where can people yes. find that? Um, wherever you buy books. If the bookstores are actually open, it should be in the bookstores. <laughs> yes, um, but anywhere you buy books online. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And where do people connect with you online? I'm all over social media, but the best place to connect with me is at my blog, glennamarshall.com. And then you can find me from there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a joy. All right, guys. Well, that's it for today's episode. Like I said, the next series we're jumping into is Christianity and Culture. So be sure and watch your podcast app for the start of that. And yeah, it's going to be awesome. If you have not left a review for Kindled, I would love to hear from you and get your feedback. You can leave a review in the Apple Podcasts app and let me know what you think. I read every single one and I hope that you guys are finding this beneficial. Okay, that is all I have for today. I will see you guys on Wednesday for the Firestarters episode. Until then, have a great week.